Shalom. Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning I thought we would continue our study in the book of Kings. Um, we're ready for 1 Kings chapter 8. Just a quick refresher because we've skipped it a few weeks to do tour portion. Um, the last couple of chapters were dealing with Solomon, he, you know, building the temple, which took seven years. That was chapter uh, five. Then chapter six, he builds his personal palace, which t- actually takes longer than the temple. It takes 13 years. And that ended with uh, him bringing in all the utensils and um, uh, all the uh, you know holy items that David had had, the silver and the gold, golden utensils, and he, and he put those treasures in the house of God. And now this chapter, uh, we're dealing with bringing in the Ark of the Covenant, and uh, we have this moment where God like manifest in the temple as a cloud which we haven't seen since the days of the wilderness the exodus from Egypt I mean so it's been a really long time I mean this for you know the time of the kings is pretty far removed uh, from the wilderness era and now they've built a house of God God is pleased he, he manifests a cloud of, and and all of that takes place. So, and then we have this big long prayer from Solomon. Now, I thought this morning, well, we would switch it up a little bit, and I would read from the Hallelujah Scriptures. Uh, the reason being, is because of Solomon's prayer, God's personal name is used a lot in this chapter. And a lot of times when God's name is, is being really emphasized and used a lot, rather than uh, reading a standard English translation that just says Lord, even though in the original language it doesn't say Lord, it says Jehovah, or whatever, however you think that is pronounced. I personally think it's Jehovah or Yehovah. But that's neither here or there. Uh, I like to use uh, something like the Hallelujah Scriptures. A couple of words to know before we start. Uh, that used that are used uh, often in this chapter, Shemayim, which means heavens. Uh, that's used a lot, uh, and then of course Kohenim or Kohen. Uh, that's talking about the priest or the priesthood. Now I'm not going to use Solomon's Hebrew main, Hebrew name Shalomal or Shalomo, however you uh, want to pronounce. It. I'm just going to say Solomon, so there's no confusion there. All right. Without further delay and introduction, let's read this story of, uh, of the temple uh, finally being fully uh, operational and uh, God manifesting as a cloud and, and all of that. Let's begin. 1 Kings chapter 8. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Yisrael and all the heads of the tribes, the chief fathers of the children of Israel, to Sovereign Solomon in Jerusalem, to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of Jehovah from the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled to Sovereign Solomon at the festival in the month of Ethien. 
which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Yisrael came, and the Kohanim, that is to say priest, took up the ark, and brought up the ark of Yehovah, and the tent of appointment, and all the Kodesh utensils that were in the tent. And the Kohanim and the Levites brought them up. And Sovereign Solomon and all the congregation of Yisrael, who had assembled with him, were with him before the ark, slaughtering so many sheep and cattle that they could not be counted or numbered. And the Kohanim brought in the ark of the covenant of Yehovah to its place into the speaking place of the house, to the most Kodesh place under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread two wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubim covered over the ark and its poles. And the poles extended so that the ends of the poles were seen from the Kodesh place, that is to say the holy place, in front of the speaking place, but they were not seen from the outside, and they are there to this day. There was not in the ark only the two tablets of stone which Moshe put there at Horeb, where Jehovah made a covenant with the children of Yisrael when they came out of the land of Mitzrayim, that is to say Egypt. Please note, so they got the Ark of the Covenant in the holy place, right? Uh, it's in that place where the two wings of the cherubim, uh, these the angel wings are, are covering it inside there. So remember, this is fairly far removed from the days of Exodus, but inside the Ark of the Covenant are the two tablets, the commandments of God, that were placed there by Moses. And it says here, that's the only thing that was in there. So you have the Ark of the Covenant, and inside there, the two tablets of stone. That were So, at the time of Solomon, all this has still been preserved. The Ark of the Covenant, I mean, it, it's kind of amazing to think about how long that survived. So let's continue reading. And it came to be, when the Kohanim came out of the Kodesh place, that the cloud filled the house of Jehovah, so that the Kohanim were unable to stand to perform the service because of the cloud, for the esteem of Jehovah filled the house of Jehovah. And Solomon said, Jehovah has said he would dwell in the dense cloud. I have indeed built you an exalted house and established a place for you to dwell forever. And the sovereign turned around, and he blessed all the assembly of Yisrael, while all the assembly of Yisrael was standing. And he said, Blessed be Jehovah Elohim of Yisrael, who spoke with his mouth to my father David, and with his hand has filled it, saying, Since the day I brought my people Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, I have chosen no city for any tribe of Yisrael in which to build a house for my name, to be there. But I chose David to be over my people, Yisrael. And it was in the heart of my father David to build a house for the name of Jehovah Elohim of Yisrael. But Jehovah said to my father David, Because it has been in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Only you do not build the house, but your son, who is coming from your loins, he builds the house for my name. 
Now Jehovah was established, has established his word which he spoke, and I have been raised up instead of my father David, and sit on the throne of Israel, as Jehovah promised, and build a house for the name of Jehovah Elohim of Israel. And I have appointed there a place for the ark, wherein is the covenant of Jehovah, which he made with our fathers when he brought them out of the land of Mitzrayim. Solomon stood before the altar of Jehovah in front of all the assembly of Israel, and he spread out his hands towards the Shemayim. And he said, Jehovah Elohim of Israel, there is no Elohim in the Shemayim above or on the earth below like you, guarding your covenant and kindness with your servants who walk before you with all their heart. Who has guarded that which you promised your servant David, my father? Indeed, you have both spoken with your mouth and have filled it with your hand, as it is this day. And now, Jehovah Elohim of Israel, guard what you promised your servant David, my father, saying, There is not a cease, a man of yours, before me sitting on the throne of Israel. Only if your sons guard their way to walk before me as you have walked before me. Please note, so Solomon's saying, giving this big prayer, right? And he's quoting words that God had said, and it says, and he said, and now, Jehovah Elohim, so in your English translations, it usually says the Lord your God, but in Hebrew, it's Jehovah Elohim of Yisrael. Guard what you promised your servant David, my father, saying, so this is what the promise was to David, that is there is not to cease a man of yours. In other words, there, there won't cease to be someone from your bloodline before me sitting on the throne of Israel only if, there's that word, nobody likes it, the word if, it means that it's determined on action and people don't want to hear Oh, if you do this, then this, right? We all just want the blessing, don't we? We all just want to believe, oh, we're just blessed because we exist. No, God has some terms. And the terms for Israel was that there would not cease to be the lineage of David sitting on the throne if your sons guard their way and walk before me as you have walked before me. In other words, if you obey me, the lineage of David will rule. Continuing on with Solomon's prayer, verse 26, And now, O Elohim of Yisrael, please let your word come true, which you have spoken to your servant David, my father. For it is true, Elohim dwells on the earth. See, the Shemayim and the Shemayim of the Shemayim are unable to contain you. You have much less this house which I have built. Yet shall you turn to the prayer of your servant and his supplication, O Jehovah my Elohim, and listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you today. So please note, why do I make a big deal sometimes about God's name? in the Bible. Think about the difference of intimacy 
of Solomon's prayer when we're hearing him refer to God by his personal name. And how generic it sounds when we just say the Lord. Right, The Lord is not really very intimate, is it? But when we see what Solomon actually says, which is, Yehovah, call him by name, Yehovah, my Elohim, Yehovah, personal name, my God. It's completely different. It's so much more intimate. I hope that I'm I'm making sense here. Let me just read that again. Verse 27, For it is true, Elohim dwells on the earth. Or I'm sorry, he. this is a question. For is it true, Elohim dwells on the earth? See the Shemayim and the Shemayim of the Shemayim, the heavens and the heavens of the heavens, are unable to contain you. How much less this house which I have built. Solomon's saying, I built this house for you, but let's not pretend that this actually can contain you. Even the heavens and the heavens of the heavens can't contain you. Yet, verse 28, Shall you turn to the prayer of your servant in a supplication, O Jehovah, my Elohim, and listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you today, for your eyes to be opened toward this house night and day, toward the place which you said, My name is there, to listen to the prayer which your servant makes toward his, this place. Then shall you hear the supplication of your servant and your people, Yisrael, when they pray toward this place, when you hear it in your dwelling place in the Shemayim. And shall you hear and forgive? If anyone sins against his neighbor and he has lifted up an oath on him to cause him to swear and comes and he swears before your altar in the house, then hear in the Shemayim and act and rightly rule your servants declaring the wicked wicked, bringing his way on his head and declaring the righteous right by giving him according to his righteousness. When your people, Yisrael, are smitten before an enemy because they have sinned against you, they shall turn back to you and confess your name and pray and make supplication to you in this house. Then hear in the Shemayim and forgive the sin of your people, Yisrael, and bring them back to the land which you gave to their fathers. When the Shemayim are shut up and there is no rain because they sin against you, when they pray toward this place and confess your name and turn from their sins because you afflicted them, then hear in the Shemayim and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Yisrael. For you teach them the good way in which they should walk and shall give rain on your land which you have given to your people as an inheritance. When there is scarcity of food in the land, when there is pestilence, blight, mildew, locusts, grasshoppers, when their enemy distresses them in the land of their cities, and plague, and sickness, and whatever prayer, whatever supplication by any one of all your people, Yisrael, each knowing the plague of his own heart, and shall spread out his hands towards this house. Then here in the Shemayim, your dwelling place, and forgive, and act, and render unto every one according to all his ways, whose heart you know. Because you, you alone know the hearts of all the sons of men, so that they revere you, 
all the days that they live in the lands which you gave to our fathers. Also concerning a foreigner who is not of your people, Yisrael, but who has come from a far land for your namesake. Since they hear of your great name and your strong hand and your outreached arm, and he shall come and pray toward this house, here in the Shemayim and bring in your dwelling place, and do according to all which the foreigner calls to you, so that all the peoples of the earth know your name and revere you, as do your people Yisrael, and know that the house which I built is called by your name. Please note, multiple times, Solomon said, when, they, when, they, when a group of people does this, when they repent, and when they look towards this house, will please hear from your dwelling place in the Shemayim, in the heavens. So Solomon's not under the delusion that God is actually like contained in the temple. Right? He, he's acknowledging over and over and over that God's exist in the heavens, not in the temple. Like he might manifest some presence in the temple and all that. He might hear the people who are coming in the temple and praying to him. But Solomon's not under the delusion that God is actually like somehow contained within the temple. In fact, we just covered it. He makes the point that how could a temple contain him when the heavens of the heavens of the heavens of the heavens can't contain him? Continuing on. Okay, so he does the foreigner, verse 43, Here in Shemayim, your dwelling place, and do according to all for which the foreigner calls you, so that the peoples of the earth know your name and revere you, as do your people Yisrael, and know that this house which I have built is called by your name. When your people go out to battle against their enemy, in the way that you send them, and they shall pray to Jehovah toward the city which you have chosen, toward the house which I have built for your name. Then shall you hear in the Shemayim their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause? Please note again. Think about Daniel. He would open his window like he's, a, he's trapped in Babylon long ways away. Okay? But Daniel's future, he's not, he's not present with the story. He's long, long into the future. He would open his windows and he would pray towards... Yerushalayim, towards the temple. Where is he getting that notion? Do you think maybe it was some Solomon here? He says, when your people go out to battle against, their, against the enemy in the way that you send them, and they shall pray to Jehovah towards the city which you have chosen and towards the house which I have built for your name. Then you shall hear in the Shemayim their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. I'm wondering if that's where Daniel gets that behavior. Verse 46, And when they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin. Did you catch that line? Let's read that again. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin. And you become enraged with them and give them to the enemy. And they take them captive to the land of the enemy, far or near. Then they shall turn back unto their hearts to the land where they have been taken captive, and shall turn and make supplication to you in the land of those who have taken them captive, saying, We have sinned and acted wickedly. We have committed wickedness. And they shall turn back to you with all their hearts and with all their being to the land of their enemies who led them away captive, and shall pray to you toward their land which you give to their fathers, the city which you have chosen." and the house which I have built for your name. Then shall you hear in the place, 
Hear in the Shemayim your dwelling place their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause, and forgive your people who have sinned against you, and all their transgressions which they have transgressed against you, and give them compassion before those who took them captive, and they shall be they shall have compassion on them. For they are your people, and your inheritance, whom you brought out of Mitzrayim, that is to say, Egypt, out of the iron furnace. Let your eyes be open to the supplication of your servant, and the supplication of your people, Yisrael, to listen to them whenever they call you. For you have separated them unto yourself for an inheritance out of all the peoples of the earth, as you have spoke by the hand of your servant, Moshe, when you brought our fathers out of Mitzrayim, O Adonai. Yehovah. And it came to be, when Solomon had ended the prayer of this praying, all this prayer and supplication to Jehovah, that he rose up from before the altar of Jehovah, from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread up to the Shemayim. Please note, try to imagine this. This is the king of the most powerful nation on the earth at this time. On his face before God and before all the people. At this moment, Solomon is the ultimate king, the ultimate leader, and the ultimate example before the people. And he stood and he blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be Jehovah, who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he had promised. There has not failed one word of his good word which he promised through his servant Moshe. Jehovah our Elohim is with us as he was with our fathers. He does not leave us nor forsake us to incline our hearts to himself to walk in all of his ways and to guard his commands and his laws and his right rulings which he commanded our fathers. And let these words of mine which I have made supplication before Jehovah be near Jehovah our Elohim day and night to maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Yisrael, the matter of each day in its day. So that all the people of the earth might know that Jehovah is Elohim, there is no one else. Let your heart therefore be perfect to Jehovah, our Elohim, to walk in his laws and to guard his commands, as at this day. And the sovereign and all Israel with him made slaughterings before Jehovah. And Solomon brought peace offerings, which he slaughtered to Jehovah twenty-two thousand bulls and one hundred and twenty thousand sheep. Thus the sovereigns of all the children of Israel dedicated the house of Jehovah. On that day, Sovereign Kodesh, the middle of the courtyard that was in front of the house of Jehovah, for there has made burnt offerings and the grain offerings and the fat of the peace offerings, because the bronze altar that was before Jehovah was too small to contain the burnt offerings and the grain offerings and the fat of the peace offerings. And Solomon at that time observed the festival and all of Israel with him, a great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the wadi of Mitzrayim, that is to say Egypt, before Jehovah our Elohim seven days, and seven days, fourteen days. On the eighth day he sent the people away, and they blessed the sovereign, and went to their tents rejoicing, glad of heart for all the goodness that Jehovah had done for his servant David, and for Israel, his people. And that, my friends, is the end of our study for this morning. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that it's been a great blessing to you, great encouragement to you. 
I pray it strengthened you in your faith. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.